Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. I'm your host Ant and once again for today's episode I'm joined by Mike Lyons. Hello Mike. Great Ant, how's it going? I'm okay, I'm very well, thank you. So in today's uh, episode what we're going to discuss is um, the rollout of the Covid vaccine which isn't a vaccine um, <laughs> here in the UK and and some of the kind of what it appears are to be um, kind of coercive techniques that the government are using because um, uh, it seems as if the government and the health authorities have already decided that in terms of the UK population this uh, or these vaccines are, are definitely what we need it's the silver bullet and it means the return to opening up society and the return to a normal life and that Mike we have no choice and this is what's really disturbing me because we've prided ourselves on having a kind of tolerant society. I mean, for example, we've welcomed quite rightly immigrants for many generations into this country, but there's a level of intolerance now turning towards so-called anti-vaxxers that I feel is quite disturbing. What do you think about that? Well, firstly, I would say, um, I wouldn't say England's or Britain is a very tolerant place all round. I mean, yeah, yeah we accepted um, foreigners, as it were, but never truly, um, you know, peacefully. There was a lot of tension back in the days when foreigners were coming in, and still now to the point where, um, you know, you get those stories of people coming over on boats and we're like, ah, oh, we wish the boat sank or something horrendous like that. Yeah, sure. Um, but going back to the whole vaccine thing, um, the, there's so many different levels of wrongness going on with the vaccines, it's hard to know where to start. Mm, yeah. So firstly, I would say um, it's this, most of these vaccines by the sound of it are brand new mRNA type vaccines, which um, have never been trialed full stop in any major um, vaccine before until now. Yeah. Um, and they're still in its safety trials, but because it was approved for use in the UK under emergency powers, yeah. suddenly all that information about it's in its trial stage, we don't know if it's actually effective, safe or anything like that. And then suddenly it's being pushed on everyone like it's, like you said, this silver bullet. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you for that, Mike, because um, I'm just going to go through uh, and uh, I'll be interested for your take. I'm just going to go through some of the techniques that are used in terms of this sort of uh, coercive force, I really uh, like to call it. And the first thing that I, uh, the way in which that's being pushed is this idea of around collectivism. So what I've noticed through looking at discussions within the mainstream media on political shows, like news night and news discussions it's this idea that um as individuals those that choose not to have the vaccine in some sense they're being selfish in another sense we don't have the right to say no because because we're in a pandemic and a global crisis it's almost as if the rights of the individual have been overridden by those of the collective broader society who it is said in the main want the vaccine. So this is part of this as I say, this sort of very disturbing uh, trend that is, is happening now. And again, you know, some might say uh, collectivism, some might say communism, Mike, but it's almost as if 
And because we're now in a new post-COVID reality, I've, I've heard people say things, well, these are sort of philosophical arguments. And now we're in the COVID world. We, we, we shouldn't worry about that. What, equal rights is, is, is not relevant? And that's what we're talking about because lots of people can't take the vaccine like myself because I have a serious nut allergy. And many people who have serious health uh, conditions that mean they can't take any type of vaccines, any proven vaccines. And, and this is, yeah, this disturbing trend that we don't even have a choice and it's somehow selfish. What do you think of that? Um, well, there's so many things wrong with um, what you were saying. Uh, first thing, like you said, the very big overarching socialism kind of like um, yeah, direction. Yeah, greater good, greater good. Yeah, that's kind of scary in itself. Um, and yet they're, they're not kind of like there's a certain amount of cognitive dissonance going on there with that. All the greater good, I've done it, so you must do it too. Sure. Yeah. Then you've also got the fact that... Um, not one of these vaccines actually promises the fact that um, it's a cure-all, so you don't need to wear the mask anymore. You don't have to keep social distancing and all that crap. So for every vaccine out there, they're saying, well, you've still got to wear the masks. You've still got to keep your two metres distance and still got to do your social distancing, keeping your bubbles, whatever they want to call it. Mm. And then you start to realise that, hang on, this isn't about health or the vaccine. This is about control. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's and that's and that's what I find disturbing is that there's no discussion of that uh, from no, what I've seen within within the mainstream. And 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 because whenever there's a health crisis, um, the first thing, one of the first things they do is close. We'll talk about this in a bit in a moment. They always close the argument right down. To you know, you even yes. for the vaccine or you're against. There's no nuance. There's no debate. Whereas again, we're supposed to live in the mother of all parliaments, so therefore the mother of all democracies, if you like, where we're supposed to thrive on debate, are we not? And that's what, uh, as I said in no, the no, intro. No. Sorry, carry on. Um, political debates in any democracy are only controlled by the um, two-party system. Mm -hmm. So any debate that they don't want to bring in will just not be talked about them. And then if it's brought up in any other context by any other person, they'll just discredit that person. Um, and that's why you find our so-called democracy has been controlled so easily throughout the, the last couple of hundred years, because all debate has been controlled. Um, yeah. And so the debate is now, are you going to get the vaccine or are you an anti-vaxxer? Not, hang on, let's talk about the safety efficacy of this vaccine. Yeah, and and and... Yeah, this is the next point I want to make, Mike, which is this idea of simplifying the debate so that even if you even arguments around freedom of choice, they become secondary in this kind of what I would describe it's a very febrile, toxic atmosphere, which is kind of like um, if we equate it to the situation in America after 9-11, when George Bush came out and said, uh, you're either with you're either with us or with the you're with the terrorists and I believe it was a PR exercise and then he got his driver on the golf range says now watch this drive and you know that sort of simplified rhetoric of um that we're seeing now with Covid that I find um very disturbing but again if you're promoting it's a key aspect of propaganda is to is to have simplified uh, arguments or no arguments. oh yeah definitely keep the message simple um for yeah. the whole principle keep yeah. it simple stupid yeah and of course the other thing that we know about people uh, generally if you think of um 
the way abusive people generally operate, even in, in personal life, is they'll label their opponent, um, you know, as being crazy. Or what we're seeing is refuseniks. Uh, people are said to be vaccine hesitant. And this is all predicated, Mike, on the idea that the government has decided these vaccines are good for us. And and literally, that's it. So they've decided. So anyone that says, well, no. Well, that's the funniest part. I wouldn't trust man Hancock to decide that anything is safe for me. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's, it's as we've discussed about on many times, and people can check out from our back catalogue here on Discerning Consciousness, it is, it's the, uh, the NLP techniques, the language that is, is used. And it's becoming more and more ridiculous because to say that for the likes of us who don't want this vaccine, and I would assume lots of our listeners as well, Mike, is... Um, it's, it's an insult to uh, intelligence, really, because um, to let to just label people and try and discredit them that disagree with you, that is really like, a, there's no intellect in that, is it? That's really the actions of a an abuser. Do you know what I mean? It's a very, um, it's not a sophisticated yeah. approach, is it? it it's, it's really a schoolboy well, stuff. Well, it depends how sophisticated they are within the approach, because um, I have to admit, within the NLP techniques they're using, mm. um, it's quite sophisticated to the point that it's corralled and got on board a lot of people with the message. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the problem is when people like us try to open up the debate and go, well, hang on, it's not such a done deal. It's not as safe as you think it is. Mm. Um, and then suddenly that's when you get the kind of like the negative kickback, the, what do you call it? The knee jerk reaction where it suddenly won't be, let's actually have a debate about the science. Mm. It suddenly becomes like a mud throwing exercise at each other because mm -hmm. the person who's got offended by the truth will suddenly be like, well, you're just an idiot. What expertise do you have and stuff like this? So that's where we... Um, Sorry, Karen. I was just going to say, and that's where the kind of like conversations tend to go. And so they don't tend to be that much more useful than um, just going along with a simple message. And of course, they'll always have the, the government scientists, the back scientists, so they can say, are you stupid? We're just following the science. So if you're against a vaccine, that mean, must mean somehow, you know, you're... A heretic that's actually anti-science and again that's how they close it Ooh, they close it all down that's, that's another funny argument within this whole cognitive dissonance thing is the fact is that especially within the uk um we have been the the science that we're the government's apparently following is all done by a, a team of guys called the sage team or something yeah for a long time they didn't even have a virologist in there and i'm not even <laughs> sure if they do or not um that's not important. That's not important, is it? But anyway, all that's come out of that SAGE team is um, every single prediction they've made has pretty much been wrong. And every yeah. time a prediction that they've made has been gone, well, actually, that didn't come true. They suddenly go, oh, that wasn't our fault. That was sticky data. Oh, that's um, Professor Ferguson's excuse. Yeah. And so every time you go, well, hang on, this prediction that you made um, was wrong. And they'll blame it on the sticky data. And then you go, well, hang on. But these actions that you decided because of that sticky data is still going on. Can we stop that? And they go, no. Mm. Because yeah. it's not about science. It's about following a narrative um, which seems to be heading down this whole, um, this whole great reset with a financial thing going on. 
one that got me the other day is when um, America sent another drone to Mars. It just landed a couple of days ago. And it turns out that cost $2.2 billion. Is this the the, um, the rover or whatever they call it? Yeah. 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 So that cost $2.2 billion to build a car sized rover, hmm. send it all the way to Mars and get it to land onto Mars and work function fine. And yet Britain has managed to spend $22 billion pounds hmm. on a track and trace system that failed. <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. And as we know, this is a discussion for another day, but it's hardly the, the height of uh, NASA's, NASA's technological capability to put a, a rover on Mars. But as I say, that's definitely a discussion for, a, for another day, because I'm sure what they're doing in their underground facilities would probably make our eyes water. But anyway, um, I just... just a comparison point, considering 2.2 billion put something on Mars, 22 billion can't even get you a track and trace program. It is, it's just part of this whole covid clown world we're living in anyway i just want to move on to the next point uh mike yeah. and i'll get your take on it is i think the next tactic they're using and they've used really since the start of the rona back in march of last year and this is this idea of appealing to our virtue so um so it's our duty as citizens to take uh, the vaccine because otherwise you know if you get sick you're going to put you know the pressure on the nhs might just you know mean that that it collapses and of course then by extension um the other argument in terms of appeal to virtue is you need to do the good thing in taking the vaccine because it means that we can return to normal society and open society up <laughs> so if you don't take the vaccine then you're a barrier to, you're a barrier to that and actually um one of the i'm not sure if he's a government professor or scientist uh um, he's called Van Tam, strange looking man. He looks like a pygmy. Uh, anyway, he said um, today, it was reported in the news that um, you, you have to take the vaccine because if you don't, you could get sick and you could die. Yeah, but I could also walk out of my house right now and get run over and die. I mean, what sort of spurious? So these sort of spurious arguments. Days after a positive test, that would still be a COVID <laughs> It's just so again, you know, and that's why they give you the sticker and the lollipop after you take the vaccine, because it's just that appeal to this childish, childish idea that of doing the right thing. What's your take on that? And do you agree? Uh, well, no, um, considering that this virus has got anywhere from like at its deadliest, it's a 3% kill rate. Mm -hmm. And that's its absolute deadliest. And considering that, um, by the looks of within the UK at least, most of the official figures are faked, forged, and inflated to make this virus look deadlier than it is, mm -hmm. you suddenly realise that almost 95% of the UK population shouldn't even need to take the vaccine. Mm but we're all being convinced to do it to save our granny which the government tried to kill off end of last year yeah in terms of the numbers there was a very i'll put a link in the description i spoke to you this a few days ago mike this was um a video that i saw of a collection of doctors and scientists uh, it was a very interesting presentation saying that the cdc official figures in the states 
uh, at that time, the death uh, numbers was 320,000. Based on their analysis, the true figure for COVID as being the actual sole cause of death is actually 20,000. Now, what was the interesting thing, as I said to you, Mike, the moment I tried to share this to Facebook, literally within two seconds, I had a 30 day ban from banning anything. Sorry, from posting yeah. anything. I mean, we're literally talking, it's madness. So they didn't even, their algorithms just click in like that now. So I'll put the link in the description. Hopefully I'll be able to find it. But these scientists and doctors were saying the true figure, I can't remember who it was, I think it was the middle of January, the true figure in the States of people who've actually died from COVID is 20,000, not 320,000 as it was at the time. I mean, this is staggering, yeah. staggering uh, level of inaccuracy that's being used to lock us all down and now coerce us into taking a vaccine. Well, I mean, I think the, the way the British one have done it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, even on the BBC News, they will officially state that this figure they're giving you is people who died within 28 days yeah, sorry. of a positive test. And they will always use the phrase of died with, not died of COVID. Mm. Um, and again, that's the NLP tactics coming through there. But at the end of the day, the thing that the average person is going to look at is just the number of deaths and ignore everything else. Well, the way they... And as soon, sorry, Mike. I was just going to say, and as soon as those numbers start getting higher and higher and higher, that's when the fear kicks in. And once the, care fix, um, the fear kicks in, they'll buy anything the government's selling. Well, as you know, I, uh, being of a journalistic mindset, I, I do... Uh, have to admit that I do from time to time look at the mainstream news just to see what's being put out there because I think that's important. When you look at the the news headlines, they have the daily death figures, uh, the daily amount of how many people have been vaccinated, which um, I question, and the amount of cases, which they don't tend to focus on as much now as we know, Mike, but it's literally like the battle, it's literally like the figures from the war battlefield and they put it all in red and it's you know and they do it every day repeat and as we know what's the main component of mind control repetition repetition yeah. repetition i mean i think uh, people like yeah exactly i mean people often forget that's a key aspect of mind <laughs> control is repetition it's as, it's as unsophisticated as that I mean, what gets me as well with these whole vaccine thing is they're telling everyone, oh, you just get the vaccine, it's the silver bullet, it'll, everything will be fine. And then it turns out that they're pretty much trying to break every single rule the vaccine makers put out for taking the vaccine. Yeah. yeah um, so with the first one, it was like, there's got to be two jabs, you get one, and then like two, three weeks later, you get your second jab. Mm. and then you're safe then you're secure and then suddenly um, the government decides oh why don't we just extend it to it's three months or six months after the first job that will give you the second mm. completely invalidating the whole contract that would have been signed um, about this so any recourse that the government could have with those companies is almost null and void now yeah i know from the literature that i've seen uh when i last saw my mum on the uh she had the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine in the middle of January. And on the, the letter that she was given, it said the second dose must, I, I say must, be taken within three weeks. Otherwise, 
uh, you don't get full protection from the virus. And since then, like you rightly said, Mike, it's been all this contradictory messaging from the government. Oh, we're going to leave it up to 12 weeks. Oh, now we're not sure because the other variants have come along. We might leave it and then just focus on the booster jab uh, in the autumn, which will also cover the new variants of COVID. And you think this is so irresponsible. I mean, the level of mm. it's just it's mind blowing the way they're. And then you, as you uh, said at the beginning, talking about how this is still in stage three trials for another two years. This is beyond it, it is getting to the level of criminality and they're just flagrantly doing this. Oh, yeah. I mean, what was it? If you want to talk about criminals in government, Matt Hancock actually was proven that he broke the law selling contracts for masks to his mates. Mm. And the UK media has said nothing about it. Mm. There's no there's no recourse to justice, even on that level of uh, ministers breaking codes of conduct on behaviour. It's like they can just do anything. Yeah, they, they do whatever they want. They don't care about anybody else. Mm. Um, and all they care is about is the financial figure that they're going to get from the kickbacks of this. Yeah. Considering sure. that um, the big Matt Hancock case where he broke the law and tried to visit some castle or something, that was to go and see a medical company to sign a contract. Mm. Um, and all he cares about is how many millions or billions he's going to get out of it at the end of the day. And he doesn't care how many people are going to die. So I just briefly touch upon this because I want to move on to a few other points. But this is about, is it his mate in a local pub? And he was given a, a big contract for PPE. Is that right? That's the one that was actually proven that he broke the law and yeah. it wasn't legal act. He shouldn't have done that. Um, the media has basically said nothing about this as far as I'm aware. They're, they're completely blank. Like The only things. The only reason I know about it is because people are sharing memes about Facebook about this going, this is wrong. Yeah. And I saw um, a very interesting YouTube by a guy called Hugo Talks. And he's really good because he basically analyzes the day and he puts a montage of images together and, and good sound bites. And on the news, um, I think it was on a Daily Mail article, they picked out since this controversy has struck, when you see Hancock on the news, he's removed the picture in the background of the pub in question. <laughs> it's, just so, it's just so cynical. Anyway, enough of, yeah, enough of these duplicitous politicians. The next point I want to uh, point out, Mike, in terms of the whole coercion and the rollout of the COVID vaccines here in the UK, is this thing that I keep seeing in news headlines, and it's vaccine hesitancy with regards to the BAME community. So for our non-UK listeners, that is basically, so yeah, it's such a strange phrase. It's basically the black and ethnic minority community uh, in the UK who it is said are refusing um, in larger numbers than the white indigenous population, the vaccines. Now, um, some, some are saying that's because of uh, within, let's say, within the Muslim communities, there's concern that there might be non-halal meat products in the vaccine, although I think that's a bit of a red herring. Personally, I think it's because um, within the ethnic minority community, they have a healthier suspicion, perhaps, of government and the health authorities. And also in the past, we know in yeah. America, they've used ethnic minorities to, uh, to test um, some of these vaccines on and not even told them. So there is a precedence. Uh, what's your take on that, Mike? 
Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just hate that word for oh, so many reasons. It's such a ridiculous um, phrase, yeah, Bane. It's basically trying to be racist without appearing racist. Well, it's, it's actually appearing racist whilst trying to promote the idea of in, uh, tolerance and wokeness when, you know, it's yeah. the whole Orwellian newspeak of doing the opposite of what it actually presents. Anyway, sorry, carry on. But um, you're totally right. Um, people that don't come from this country or, or have origins in other countries have more of a kind of like, they know how the world works better. They know they've got to be on their guard more um, mm. and not to just openly trust the government. Um, because in the UK, it's almost like you're brought up to trust the government. And I remember when it was just like, oh, you can't, was a big revelation to me. <laughs> um, so I totally get why they'll be very hesitant to get this um, or just not want it full stop. Mm. Um, and like you were saying, in America, they actively gave, um, especially black communities, either AIDS, syphilis or polio in vaccines, which they said was actually the, the cure for those things. Um, and the US government just gave them to see, you know, how the virus tracks out if you know what i mean so they unlicensed test unlicensed testing well which like covid really no no there was this was fully licensed testing that was licensed testing okay yeah it was just against human common decency and everything that um humans should stand for and the fact that you should never give a live virus to anyone and they right. were doing that. Oh, so they were given the live virus rather than the vaccine. Is that what you mean? A vaccine. But telling them it was the vaccine. Right, got you. And then when they got the virus, they were told not to seek um, medical attention from anyone else, only them who were given this, because they could treat it, they could cure it. Um, yeah, and this went on for like years, decades nearly even. And it's just absolutely horrendous that a government would actually do this to its people um you know it almost makes you think of nazi germany and mandelov type experiments yeah the, of course um there are historical precedents for this kind of thing with obviously the thalidomide drug and uh the gulf gulf war syndrome and the untested vaccine against anthrax which was injected in millions of uh, u.s personnel and Canadian and UK personnel. And we know, we've heard of all the awful conditions that they've gone on to, to, to develop. I mean, the scary thing with the COVID is a potentially billions of people are gonna be injected with these vaccines. Yeah, and we have no idea what the fallout is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of like the mind could boggle. I mean, hopefully, Hopefully any any bad scenarios are going to be limited and um, it's not going to be too bad and it's just going to be, you know, extra aches and pains for these people rather than actually killing them off. Um, but we can only wait and see on that one. Yeah, and that's why you conduct, normally pharmaceutical companies conduct long-term long trials to establish these facts, like you say. Yeah, but even they can be um, fudged. The medical industry has got a big thing in um i wouldn't say necessarily fudging the data but they can essentially cherry pick the data to support whatever conclusion they want and it has been there's a whole list on wikipedia of drugs and vaccines that have been approved by the fda 
and then five to ten years later banned by the fda because actually they're bad they're killing people and all this yeah well the case doing some research recently into gulf war syndrome and the vaccine that was used to supposedly protect soldiers uh against anthrax um it was the it was the case that it was used widely for many years after the gulf, gulf war syndrome uh, and then around about uh, in the early 2000s, a court, uh, a judge actually banned its use against civil personnel and the military. But then uh, a few years later, the FDA actually approved uh, the vaccine. And then it was used again, once again, uh, uh, in um, U US military. So even when you have a court case, you know, I mean, it just shows you that these um, companies, they don't give up easily. So anyone, no, no one, anyone should not be on. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Forgive me here. Don't be any, in any doubt that any of these pharmaceutical companies, if we do begin to hear, even in the mainstream stories of uh, illnesses and people dying, which we already know, Mike, is happening. We hear, hear these uh, uh, stories. They're not going to give up easily. They're not going to. They're not going to stop producing this vaccine. They're not going to alert government. They're going to just carry on. And we, uh, you know, as we see, um, any any fight is going to be difficult and long term. That's the reality, unfortunately, of how these companies operate. Yeah, I mean, one one story I heard of, which absolutely sickening, and just shows you how much these corporate people care about profits rather than people is um there was a story about i can't remember which vaccine maker out there but they made a vaccine they found out it accidentally was um had the aids virus in it and instead of going actually we've got to burn all these the, the this is horrible we can't allow this to carry on they were just like okay then we're banned from selling them in the um us let's just go sell them to spain instead i know it is, it is ridiculous. So we're coming up to the end of our allocated slot here, uh, Mike. So for the benefit of our listeners, I wonder if you could just um, get out your crystal ball, so to speak, and see how do you think these um, coercive actions here in the UK in terms of trying to compel people to take the vaccine, what do you see the future of that? Do you just think that that's going to be ramped up? Oh, heavily so. I mean, considering we now have a roadmap to getting out of a lockdown, mm. which realising this lockdown is going to be lasting six months by the time we get out of it, um, people are going doolally already. Mm. And if you have a situation where you're not taking the vaccine, but all your mates have, mm. uh, they just want to get back to normal and suddenly the government goes, well, not enough people have had the vaccine yet. We can't actually um, let you out yet. Mm. Suddenly you'll have every man and his dog trying to convince you to take the vaccine rather than the government doing it. Yeah, and this is where we get into the, the as I was saying in the intro, Mike, the most disturbing element of the whole divide and rule and coercion. And that's where things could get nasty. Hopefully they won't. But if we're seen as the barrier to people, you know, going on holiday or uh, visiting uh, friends and family across the country mm, could get a bit nasty, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, everything's going crazy. The amount of talk on vaccines, um, and like you said, just in a simplified way, not an accurate, let's talk about the science method. Right. 
um, yeah, there's so much that people are getting confused with because they're taking that simplification forward and not realizing the whole of what it is. Yeah. So the one thing that we haven't covered today, Mike, which will be, I'm sure, uh, be interesting for our listeners, uh, especially, uh, I wonder if we could talk about next time, is just the COVID digital health passport. I think that's what it's called, because this is becoming a massive issue now. And I think it would be helpful to devote a whole episode to that. Because uh, there's so many issues around. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, I heard somewhere suggesting that that should be a yellow sticker that we place on people. <laughs> not not a yellow star. No, that's for people who don't take it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk more about this in the next episode, hopefully, Mike. And that is in Israel, they've got something called a green book. And that's their version of the COVID health uh, passport, which is actually also about you have to prove if you've either had the vaccine or a negative COVID test, I'm not sure within what time frame to enter things like pubs and bars in Israel. So there are precedents for these things. And, um, you know, we both feel, and perhaps uh, it's the same for our listeners, that this is going to be the push now in the Western world um, to, to, to bring these things. However, you know, we may feel or we might be resistant, we have to deal, deal with reality. So watch this space. Anyway, um, I still think there's a lot of pushback, Mike, out there. And I've seen um, when people have shared videos about the COVID vaccine, there's, there's a lot of people saying we're not going to have it. We're not going to comply. And this is on, you know, mainstream sources of information. There's a big pushback. So, um, you know, let's not be too disheartened. I think there is going to be a lot of people opposed to this. So um, but perhaps like you, Mike, on my darkest days, it can be it can be quite difficult because you you do think of these nightmare scenarios of where this could all lead. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the dark timelines seem to be uh, pushing forward, mm. trying to make everything doom and gloom. Mm. Um, yeah, I worry about that sort of stuff too, but um, fingers mm. crossed we uh, don't go down those routes. Yeah. So thank you for your contribution today, Mike. That's been really great. And thank, thank you all for listening to today's um, episode on the whole coercive techniques that the government are using right now here in the UK. So as always, if you want to connect with myself at Descending Consciousness, uh, all my social media links are in the description below. Although I am in the midst, Mike, at the moment of a 30-day Facebook ban. Thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg, as we were talking about <laughs> earlier. But as I say, all the links are in, in the description. Um, so do check that out. So um, we'll just leave you once again with these wise words. And that is, remember, folks, if you're not in control of your consciousness, then someone else is. Bye for now. Thank you.